Addio, mia bella Napoli, addio, addio, la tua soave immagine. Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to the 44th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell and I'm broadcasting this today at the end of a long day in Paisley. I'm back in the land of Enzo's. It's exciting, isn't it? Um, now, uh, joining me is uh, Enzo's Fish and Ship's biggest fan, biggest global fan, uh, Michele Borelli, who is in Naples, a Napoli, in the shadow of Vesuvio. Uh, wrapped up nice and warm, I see there. How's it going, Michele? Hello, hello. Yes, I'm Enzo's number one fan. Can you believe that in Napoli, in the whole city, there is no fish and chips place? Not even one. I mean, Not even one. That's one of the reasons I love Napoli so much. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Though. It's crazy. Like, when I wake up in the morning and I want some fish, good fish and chips, like, yeah, like as you do, you know, you... There is absolutely no place to no nothing comparable to Enzo. That's that's crazy to me. But yeah, yeah. I'm uh, hello everyone. Yeah, it's quite chilly in Napoli, but you know it's no. There's there, we haven't had any winter so far. I have to be I honest. You, I hate you so much. Yeah. You sent me a picture yesterday, Michele, which I did tweet out. Actually, I might retweet it again. It's one of the most beautiful pictures I've ever seen, and I was in. Actually, it was a nice day in air yesterday as well. But you went on a bit of an adventure, which maybe we'll talk about in a second. But before we do, what is number 44 in the Napoli Tombola? Not dirty, unfortunately. But yeah, well, number 44 in the Napoli Tombola is Eganciel. La prigione, the prison. Yeah, mm. well, yeah, it's okay. Denmark's it's, a prison, as Hamlet says early on in the play. We are going to have better numbers in the future. We're yeah. going to have better days, I'm sure. Well, I mean, as we'll move on to speaking about shortly, the maybe the experience, would you rather be in prison or have to watch Lazio versus Napoli again? If you had to choose between the two, which one would you go for? I think if I had to, you know, like based on this season's luck, I would be in a prison watching Napoli. Probably. Oof. So yeah, so that's that's bad. That's bad. Double but, whammy. That's double. that's not what you need. But um yeah, hi everyone. Welcome to our show. Today we're gonna do a bit of responding to listeners' questions, you know, which is because we care about you deeply. And now we're we seem to be on a bit of a roll. Um perhaps you're more motivated to interact with us. So let's see. So we've got some really interesting questions. Uh, we will briefly talk about Lazio versus Napoli. I feel like even giving it the the oxygen of publicity is a kind of an insult to football, to be honest. But agreed. Um, but before we do, so yeah, tell me about what you did yesterday. I mean, so you sent me a picture with a view of Naples from a bit of a distance. So presumably, you you got on your scooter and you went out of town on a glorious sunny day. I was in Napoli. I was right in the middle of Napoli. It's, what? I, I, yeah, yeah. I know. I think that people people misunderstood that picture. Uh, well, I mean, I sent it to you and then I found out that you shared it with the world. It was a very intimate and private picture that I sent you. But yeah, whatever. Everything and, you send me is, is fair cop for at Shadow of Vesuvio on the site formerly known as Twitter. The funny thing is that I send you, sometimes it happens that I send you some pictures just because I want to send it to you. You don't reply. 
And then I find out that as soon as I sent it to you, you shared it on Twitter, but you didn't reply to me. So like, like I, and I don't open Twitter that often. So, so like, I, I, yeah, I sent you a picture, like you, no reply whatsoever. I think, okay, whatever. Like he's ignoring me. Like he has better things to do. And the better things to do are actually sharing it with the world and getting people to comment on it. So yeah, I sent you the picture. I was right in, in the middle of Napoli. I was in Posillipo. As you know, uh, Napoli is a little bit uh, hilly. You know, there are some hills in Napoli. And one of those hills is the Posillipo Hill. Posillipo Hill is very fancy. Uh, it's, a, I would say, a residential area. It's one of the richest residential areas in Napoli. And uh, it's a little bit odd because it's one of the richest areas in Napoli, but it also has some of the shittiest roads you'll ever see in your life. Like, there are so many... Uh, um, manholes, the potholes, what potholes, what yeah, potholes, potholes, yeah, yeah, like so, like just the, the the street, like the road, the quality of the road is so bad. And since I go around with my scooter, you can really feel it. It's like dancing when I drive on those on those roads. But having said that, yeah, a lot of Napoli players actually live in Posillipo. The uh, have you got any rumors? Did you did you see anyone? No, no. Uh, I know, I know where they live, kind of. But no, I don't have any rumors. My brother met Koulibaly once. I know because he was clubbing in a club next door to Koulibaly's house. It was, I think, the day, like, it was about to leave, and yeah, he met him like in the streets randomly. I never met any Napoli players in the streets. That's amazing to me. Unacceptable. They stay away from you because they know that you you're keen to broadcast every detail of their sordid that, personal lives. To, that to... that that's fair enough. Yeah. Well, Maradona used to live in Posillipo too. Actually, yeah, it's uh, in a rather re- unremarkable house, if I can say that. But yeah, most Napoli players live there. I went there yesterday because it's, uh, since it's on a hill, it's one of the most panoramic areas in Napoli. And I have a, it's a, quite a nice cafe there, which is called Cafe Panoramico, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and why have they called it that? Yeah, I have no idea. It's It's quite pricey, but it's, I mean, for Napoli... Standards is quite pricey. Okay, hang so, on. So I just need to give Dan Dan Bowen a, a, a trigger warning. So Dan, um, just skip this podcast on a couple of minutes. Okay, Michele, what did you have? No, I just said it was a breakfast. So I just said, uh, you know, I went there with my girlfriend. She had a coffee and I had a cappuccino and a, a brioche. Actually, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like having a croissant. It was quite good, actually. I didn't expect it to be that good. It was just an empty brioche, but it was great. It was amazing. And uh, always yeah, go no. classico. Always go classico. Don't get anything in brioche. Exactly. And uh, we paid eleven euros at the end of the oh, day. But you pay for the view. So okay, yeah. let's briefly pivot into um, breakfast then, and Naples and Napoli uh, okay. colazione. Yes. Um, yeah, my Italian, you know, moves on in leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say is the kind of is there a particular pastry or classic thing you'd have specifically to Naples or is it more pretty standard across the peninsula? I have no idea if it's if if they have the same breakfast across the whole country, but I would say the the typical Neapolitan breakfast. I have some hot takes about that too, but the typical Neapolitan, for, yeah, the typical Neapolitan breakfast is just coffee and a pastry. That could be a croissant. Usually, it's just a croissant, a cornetto, if you will, in Italian. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it could be a cornetto. Like I, I had yesterday a brioche. You could put stuff inside. You could put just plain chocolate or some crema. You could put some amarena. You could put some stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Hang on. What's amarena? Uh, I don't know. Like, How do I again explain it in English? I don't know. I, I don't like it, to be honest. It's just like... I don't know. Let me see if I can translate it. But it's, it's just like... Um, it's like reddish... Um, Is it like a marmalade? Okay. In, yeah. Google Translate said it's, it's a black cherry. Uh, Amarena. Yes. yes, of Amarena. course. Yeah, that makes Amarena. sense. I have no idea. I, I don't like it. So, yeah, yeah. Actually, two days ago, I went to a cafe and uh, I asked for an empty, no, actually a crema croissant. They gave me a croissant with crema e amarena, which pissed me off immensely because I didn't want amarena. And I was having breakfast with my father and he said, oh, yeah, but of course they put amarena with crema. I, said, I didn't know that. So it was quite funny because he had a, so he, he got a croissant with amarena. And he had cream inside. And I got, I asked for a croissant with uh, crema and I got amarena inside. So it was quite funny because at the same time, he was scooping out the crema from his cornetto okay. and I was scooping out the amarena from my cornetto. So it was, it was quite funny. But yeah, that's, okay, uh, that's, so, that's so, the typical breakfast in. Uh, in I'm going to try it ne next, next time I'm there. And, and is there anything for our listeners that want to, that, thinking about visiting? Napoli for the first time what would you how would you sound like an idiot basically like is there anything that you just should not ask for like if you're going for a breakfast in a bar or anything like that I mean I don't know I, I don't think I don't think it, anything is awfully I don't know it's like what the usual like not maybe I don't know about mistakes for breakfast the usual mistake people make here as I think it's quite popular like they ask for a cappuccino in the in the afternoon in the evening and that that's kind question. of yeah that's kind of yeah people don't do that it's really it, it's a bit weird it's not like i wouldn't say it it's wrong it's just it's unusual let's say um we don't have like so when we say coffee in napoli we always mean espresso like if you go to a cafe and you ask for a coffee they will give you espresso if you want something else you have to specifically ask for something else we don't have any uh french press yeah. You know, this kind of Americano types coffee, even though a lot of cafes now, I mean, it's easy enough to, to do it. And they do it because we have a lot of tourists and yeah, tourists want that. But generally speaking, no one in Napoli gets an, you know, like watered down coffee. The, I mean, why would anybody I, want that? I haven't since having a, an Italian in my life and house for the past nearly 10 years now, I haven't drunk a big coffee for that period of time. And you know what? It's good that we can talk about this. My guts have thanked me ever since just having, I don't know how anyone can now stomach all that, keep all that coffee in their stomach. I don't know how anyone does it. So yeah, when you go to Naples, just, just drink the, just drink the coffee as it is, is what I'd say. It might, it might change your life. Yeah, exactly. And maybe one of the things that people don't know about coffee in Napoli, it's funny because, Napoli is supposed to be one of the best places in, in Italy to get coffee, but we have all these different different things about it. It's not always the best coffee, in my opinion. Again, I have some hot takes about that. But, for example, takeaway coffee, not popular in Napoli at all. You can still ask for it. Like, usually you can, like, the guys working in a cafe, if you ask for, like, if you work in a nearby office, maybe something like that, they deliver it to you. And like, you know, like one time, you know, like plastic cups. And uh, mm -hmm. 
I always yeah. see dudes going into cafes and like taking away like loads of, the, and they put the silver foil on top of the plastic. Yeah, the, cups. the funny thing is that, and, and it's so weird to me. Like it, I took it for granted, but then one time, one day, I just woke up. It's like, wait, well, why do we do this? Is that if you go to a cafe, you ask for like three or four coffees, like takeaway coffees. And again, we just covered it. When I say coffee, I mean espresso. What they do is that's so weird to me. They take a, a glass bottle and that's usually like a, a fruit juice bottle like a very small one it's like i don't know like 30 40 50 no yeah 30 uh centiliters maybe something yeah, yeah. something like yeah yeah 30 i guess it's fine 0 0.3 liters of of glass bottle and they fill it with coffee with espresso and then they put the aluminum uh foil, foil on it yeah. yeah and they give you some uh some cups some uh plastic you cups pour it and they out they kind of away. like they kind yeah. of decant the they decant the espresso yeah it's so funny to me if you, if i think about this like this this city runs on coffee and we haven't invented a proper way to transfer coffee like to to sell takeaway coffee there is no no such thing as you know like the starbucks cups in napoli i've never seen any Maybe like a couple of places where they pretend to be like American, you know, and yeah, yeah they have those cups. But I've never seen anyone get a like a takeaway cappuccino. And you know what? I think that's I don't know, like I can I understand why, but I also think that's that's wrong. Like one of my very hot takes about coffee is that I don't mind Starbucks. And when I say this, people get people go crazy on me. But the thing is that being an Italian, I think. Yeah. I would love for Starbucks to open in Napoli, but hear me out. It's not wait. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. No, wait, let me let me elaborate. Let me elaborate. It's not because of the coffee quality. It's because of the the vibe, the atmosphere, the vibe inside. We so I when I used to live in London, I used to go to Starbucks, Cafe Nero, whatever, all the time. Because I used to love like going there with my laptop and study and work a little bit there. Oh, I see. And in Napoli, you don't really do that. And that's crazy to me. Like mm. there are no really like, you know, like public relaxed places where you can study or work with a, with a coffee with you. Like usually, like even when coffee, co uh, like cafes have tables, it's just like you never see people study there. You never see people, you Is know, like, talking to each other. Yeah, like whenever sounds, I yeah. go in, I mean, admittedly, I'm like a, a blonde um, idiot um, walking in, in, usually in a Napoli shirt. Even outside um, Italy, you are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thanks. Um, and, you know, it's, people would just talk to you and people are talking across the table. Maybe that's just my experience as a tourist. But that's it. OK. I mean, you can tell Napoli have played the worst game <laughs> perhaps i've ever seen that for how long we're talking about coffee but i think your starbucks take is the hottest take you've ever dropped in 44 episodes that's incredible you know my i maintain that starbucks in navoli will still be successful not again not because of the coffee quality that's really bad but i think that people in napoli and in italy in general would enjoy a place where you can just you know like a cafe with a sofa, for example. Is this uh, such okay. a crazy concept? Like yeah. you go into, yeah, you sit on a sofa in a cafe and you talk with your friends while sitting on a sofa. You know, it's, I, I think it's perfectly normal. It's crazy to me that we don't have, 
we don't have something like that in Napoli. If I had a lot of money, I would invest in that right now in Napoli and in Italy. Given it away. You've given your, I mean, how many years did you study business, Michaela? Yeah, You've just yeah. given your idea away. Yeah. I have um, so many ideas. It's just, I like, just like the capital. So if you want to invest in my business ideas, please reach out on whatever. Like they can reach you out. Like you're going to be my, my agent. I'll take 10%. Uh, 12 and a half, actually. Um, Agreed. So if 15, you also... 15, take it or leave it. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna keep going up. If you want to come at uh, Michele for this ridiculous take that he's just said about Starbucks, yeah, at Napoli Tickets or at Michele GNT um, or us at Shadow of Vesuvia. Right. I suppose we have to talk about it. Um, Lazio versus Napoli. Do we? I'm sorry. So let's... Um, so we've already answered the first thing. Someone asked us if if that was taken from Monte di Proscida. Um, you've answered that person. Uh, who I think is actually a Lazio fan. There we go. We're, we're transcending club boundaries. Um, so Tom Dixon at King Shrimper, who's, you know, big, uh, always in with a comment. Always good to engage with you, Tom. Asks us uh, five at the back, needed for solidity, or too negative? And I think that's really the question that we can sort of answer to talk about that crime against football that happened at the weekend. What do you reckon, McKelly? I think it's clear that Mazzari is going all in. So Mazzari, when he was asked some questions, especially in December when he joined us, he, like, he always um, mentioned the fact that we needed some balance. He said the team is in balance. Uh, we get a lot of counterattacks. That's not the way to defend. So it's clear to me, it was more or less explicit about it. It's clear to me that he's focusing a lot on defense. Uh, I would argue that maybe it's because he's, it's something that he can, like he's, I wouldn't say he's an expert, but he's more comfortable um, focusing on that. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's absolutely fine to focus firstly on defense. I don't think you can be a balanced team and you have to be one. If you, if you don't have a good defense, so the problem it's clear, no? The problem is that we are only focusing on defense, and more importantly, I guess we are focusing on defense at the expense of forwards, you know, yeah. the attacking phase. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty clear, and you know, proved by the fact that we had zero shots on target. I think for the. I read like a statistic for the third time in 15 years, something like that. I can't remember exactly, but it's like only the third game in Serie A in the last 15 years, and I don't know how long that we have we have had zero shots on target. And that's pretty, you know, it's hard to say it's an anomaly, a statistical anomaly, uh, because it's, I mean, it's quite clear, you know, if you watch the games that, you know, we are absolutely only focusing on defense right now. And, you know, to his credit, we are actually not conceding anymore. And that's Yeah, I mean, it's working to a certain fine. degree. But the problem is, is that we're not going to climb the table playing like this. It's a good way of staying in the same place. Yes. What I was a bit confused about, and apologies for talking about football, everybody, but why we need two defensive midfielders. As far as I can tell, looking at that game on the TV from my sofa, we usually had a triangle that had two defensive midfielders and then just somebody playing, you know, in normal midfield. So that was, you know, and they kind of took it in turns. And that for me, when you got three at the back, you really don't need that. And it just killed the game. And it didn't help that Saudi also had a similar approach. I think 
the one mitigating factor is the is the super copper i mean obviously everyone was knackered and that journey i mean the the whole thing about it is silly the new format and doing it in saudi arabia i just don't think that's i mean you saw the effects actually for the intergame as well i mean all the teams that played i think really um really struggled to produce something interesting for us to look at um so a few glimpses of our new signings but nothing to really look on i think we've really got to see something happen in the next game it's it's verona right the next game is that right uh yeah yeah very yeah. right home so verona at home you one would expect at least one shot on target you know maybe <laughs> there will be an improvement i guess may, maybe even two michele we could we, oh we wow don't let's not get carried away two shots on target what are we talking about no come on no 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 i mean i guess i agree with what you said i guess the only the other factor to take into consideration is that we had a lot of uh, missing players, you know. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah. Uh, you know, Karaskelia, uh, disqualified, Simeone, same, Osimene in Africa. Uh, you know, just at talking about, you know, our forwards, that's quite a lot. And yeah, I mean, Raspadori, I'm not the biggest fan of Raspadori. He's not bad, but I don't think he's that good in that position. Yeah, he's just... Uh, you got to play him in a quite a specific way and not, I mean, he saw it so many times, like him being on his own, trying to, and he just gets muscled off the ball, you know, although he's actually quite strong, but he can't lead that line with, with nothing behind him. Yeah. I think the thing about the Raspadori is that he's a very good team player. Mm. The problem with that is that you need a team to be a team player and <laughs> yes, he doesn't have one right now. Oh my because, God. Yeah, because Raspadori is like, I think when Raspadori is at his best, is able to elevate, you know, the, especially the wingers, you know, because we play in a 4-3-3 normally. So if he has good wingers and maybe like good attacking midfielders, then he's able to, you know, to communicate with them and, mm. uh, you know, play off them. And uh, he's, he takes advantage of that. And the wingers and the attacking midfielders take advantage of that too. He's, now we're playing super defensively. We have, you know, only Raspadori and Politano and... And that's it, basically. So, yeah, it's clear that that's really not his job. And uh, I don't want to be too harsh on him because of that. Uh, but, yeah, that's that. it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, we definitely need a Simeone kind of player, you know, for... Yeah. Or an Ossiman. Right now. Yeah, Ossiman too. Yes, exactly. Who I've been really enjoying the African Cup. And anyone listening, give it a go. Because in this kind of bleak season of Napoli, it's just it's been such an entertaining tournament. Um, but yeah, it was it was grim as hell, and it's some interesting noises. Did you see what Rachmani tweeted? I can't remember what the exact phrase that he used, but it was I think he was a bit overly complimentary about what had just happened. And I thought, oh god, this bar's getting low. The standards that Spalletti set last season have completely gone. Um, but moving on very quickly, okay. There's some of these questions you need to answer. You, some of these questions you need to answer quite quickly, Michele, because we've actually got quite a lot. So I asked, um, I asked the Glasgow Napoli group for, for some questions. Ross, hey Ross, Ross is famous in this group for his artistic skills of of making banners. Nice. He once made a very interesting Cavalletskelia banner that, you know, was almost post-expressionist. Anyway. Uh, Ross wants to know, have you ever had Iron Brew? Have I ever had what? 
Iron Brew. So you've lived in Scotland and you don't know what Iron Brew is, Michaela. No, I have no idea. What is that? Mamma mia. Okay, Iron Brew is a soft drink, an orange soft drink that you can that comes from Scotland. And you can get it across the UK and it's drunk by everybody. And it's like a national symbol and it's a national drink. Really? Yeah. And um, I mean, it's got quite a bleak story. It was kind of invented to keep workers in their place in the late 19th century. But let's not oh, go that's, into that. That's nice. Okay. Um, but it's now become so Coca-Cola keeps trying to buy it. And everyone's in this kind of great act of like Scottish solidarity to tell them to 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 use a phrase from this part get to fuck um and what's the name of it again iron brew mm -hmm. uh and those of us listening in scotland in america as well this is this is a really important thing so you've never had it okay next oh. time we draw a scotch team in fact next time i come over i will bring an iron brew for you and i promise the glasgow napoli group i promise you i will i will get a picture of, of michaela i'm not i'm not big on soft drinks that's that's the thing you don't like, drink I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try. It. But it's, that's that's the reason why. That's my explanation behind the fact that yes, I lived in Scotland. And I never tried that. Okay, I'm gonna try and mix up the um, the the lighter questions with the serious ones. So Phil Turner at Vongole Twenty One on the artist formerly known as Twitter asks, um, thoughts on the team ranking in the top twenty financially? Does it change anything? Um, I think I know what you'll say though. This is what Phil says. So I, I don't a hundred percent know what that means. So are we? Is there a new thing? Are we in the top twenty clubs in the world for finances or something? Yeah, I mean, well, we covered it, Charlfield. By the way, thank you for the question. I think it's a very interesting, interesting question because it's a, it's a question that touches on, you know, the possible growth of the team. I mean, I could answer this question in like five hours because there is a lot to say. Um, Five minutes, maybe, instead of five hours, but you know. Yeah, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be short. So he, what Phil is mentioning is that we've, we, so in the ranking of top teams, you know, based on revenue, like season revenue, we are, we broke the top 20. I don't know. I think we are either the number 20 or 19, something like that. But we are very close to the 20, you know, top, top 20, but low top 20. Okay. And, um, yeah, we I think we discussed it a little bit. Uh, it is clear and obvious for everyone that last season, you know, it was such a success, successful season on the on the pitch and off the pitch that those usually go together, right? And especially for Napoli, which doesn't have the advantage of having a rich owner, uh, we yeah, that's particularly important. So last season, Napoli had. Uh, I think the highest revenue on the in the club's history, which sounds incredibly, you know, it sounds incredible and sounds uh, amazing, but it's quite normal because obviously, I mean, all normal teams usually, you know, increase their revenues year by year, uh, if not just just because of inflation, you know, just, just we could just yeah. say that. And uh, yeah, we Napoli unfortunately is not one of those clubs that. In the past 10, 10, 15 years, have increased their their revenue steadily. This is one of my biggest arguments against De Laurentiis, because okay. we might grow on the pitch, which fair enough is the most important part of being a football club. But off the pitch, you know, we are not really uh, doing much, mm. and this is based on the past fifteen years. And uh, yeah, we you know we 
with Leite, for example, which has which has been our main sponsor, uh, you know, shirt sponsor for so many years. I think they only gave us like eight millions per season. And then usually people tell me, oh, yeah, okay, but look at Roma, for example. You know, Roma doesn't even have a sponsor. For many years, Roma hasn't had a sponsor, like shirt sponsor. And Lazio, they say, that's fair. You know, fair enough. Okay, it's fine. But yeah, we, you know, like in terms of... How many Scudetti have those teams won? In, in exactly. The- no, the thing is that when we talk about this, we have to... Like, last season is kind of like a asterisk season for mm. everything, you know, on the pitch and off the pitch. Because... Usually, again, like we don't have like this is something like it's. I mean, I I, I obsessed about this stuff because I think it's quite important. And yeah, I mean the what we would say in Italian the structural revenue of Napoli, which is the, you know, the stable revenue, because obviously with football clubs are a little bit weird because you get a lot of money and it's you know it kind of fluctuates. If you sell a player for a hundred million, obviously the revenue are gonna go up by a lot. So. When you consider the structural revenue, you don't really consider player trading, for example, right? Yeah. yeah. And the structural Napoli, uh, revenue for Napoli, which also ignores the Champions League money, is has always been very steady. So usually, uh, without until last season at least, without Champions League and player trading, Napoli's revenue was about 140 million per season, which is not a lot at all. And it and it stayed similar. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. this accounts for. You know, shirt sales, ticket sales. Uh... You're right. That's really interesting because that really tells the story of, of of some of the frustrations that we've had with the ADL, sort of lack of kicking on. You know, yeah. post being in in Serie A. Yes. Yeah, so... And yeah, you would think that would go up, wouldn't you? With with the sort of commercialization and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we've been very slow uh, about a lot of things. You know, I remember following Napoli. Like ten years ago, a little bit maybe earlier than that, and I remember that when Roma was very you know, heavily present on Facebook at the time was Facebook, and it was the the beginning of teams opening their pages on Facebook and starting actually using social media. I remember yeah. that while Roma was full blown, you know, like very 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 active on Facebook, Napoli shared nothing i remember napoli's facebook page was actually empty it was mm-hmm. on it was actually it was open but it was absolutely empty and it stayed like that for many many months and it was so slow at the time it was like why don't we do anything about this so it's been frustrating like this on many other things and so and also, last season yeah, yeah but i think if we look at the frustrations of this season and we're coming off our most successful financial season. Like, what a mistake that summer was, going back to that Mercato, that we didn't invest anything in the team, really, yeah, going but... off the back of such a successful commercial performance. And we know why, of course. It all goes back to the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. But the thing is that when I talk about this stuff, I don't really consider player trading. Because player trading is a little bit different. You know, like oh, I you see what you mean. Yeah, you, yeah. Don't really, you can't plan on uh, buying good players. Like you can plan on spending money, but buying good players is different because it needs intuition. But you can plan on opening, for example, Napoli stores across the country or across Napoli. You can plan on opening a new stadium or a training center and stuff like that. This you can plan. I think I like a good, like a proper club does that. And we haven't done that. A particular club that's qualified for Europe every year since 2008, is it? 2009. You would expect it to kick on. Um, yeah, so yeah, like for example, like a lot of people complain to me about the fact that they are it's very hard to buy Napoli shirts. Hmm. And 
you know, like you go, you go to the stadium, there is no official Napoli store. There are a couple, but they are super small and they are only in specific sections of the stadium. Like in yeah. Curva, for example, where I go, there is no Napoli sec. There is no, like it's, it's, it's too flattering to call, it a, to call it a Napoli store because it's not a Napoli store. It's like a, like a four, like a five square meters area where there are a couple of guys selling Napoli stuff. And that's only for, as far as I know, two sections out of, out of eight. We have eight sections and all the sections in Napoli stadiums are closed off. So you cannot walk from one section to the other. So yep. the stores, quote unquote stores, in those two sections are only for those two sections. And, you know, it's small stuff like that. So to, re- to answer to Phil and, you know, our record revenue. Yes, the record revenue. So last season was a little bit different. I think we are slowly starting to get better in mm. some aspects. So, for example, we opened a new official Napoli store. We only had two. Well, we still have two, actually, because they closed another one. But, uh, yeah, we have two in the city of Napoli. They are very small, but the new one they opened is very central and quite nice, I have to be honest. So it's an it's, improvement. It's, it's better the, than that. And the sponsorship, the, presumably, is changed as well. Yeah, right? the, the sponsorship are a little bit more lucrative. And uh, I do think that, you know, this is a battle that I'll keep fighting. Removing later, even though it wasn't like they chose to remove later. Later, the red to stamp of death. Yes, I think the shirt designs this season are much better. Uh, I haven't seen any reindeers or you know lips on a shirt so far, so that's quite nice. And I actually, because of that, I also bought a shirt. I haven't done that in fifteen years. Now, well, finally, didn't I've buy done it. The, the Valentine's Day special model yeah. by Mario Rui. Yeah, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. What's wrong with you, man? Um, so yeah, we had a like record-breaking revenue. That was, uh, in part, a one-time thing because last season, like you could fill like ten stadiums, you know, based on demand. If we had like a, a million seater as a stadium, we would have filled a million seats last season. And so Napoli was able to increase ticket prices. So we made a lot more money uh, coming from you know the tickets. I think usually the average was like between 10 and 18 millions per season on ticket mm. ticket sales and last season we did something like i think i would don't want to be wrong but i read it like a, a couple of months ago i think it was 34 millions for oh, ticket wow. sales. That's yeah, that's quite, yeah that's quite an improvement right and we are obviously we sold many more shirts when we won the scudetto napoli released all kinds of scudetto celebrating merchandise yeah. so we sold a lot of that so to answer to feel yeah Yes, it's an improvement, but uh, it's, it's, I think I would say 70% based on Napoli's performance on the pitch. And again, that's fine, but that's, that fluctuates. You know, it's, in, uh, it's hard to foresee when you're going to win a Scudetto or not. So that doesn't really show structural improvement. 30%, I think, it's based on actual planning and improvement from the club so it is a step forward it's not uh a, as big as people think it is in my opinion okay good answer i enjoyed that cheers phil um okay i'm gonna do some quick fire glasgow napoli questions that have flooded in so uh mark who's the latest edition he's a shirt collector so he would have appreciated the uh the chat about that day etc etc uh, mark asked do you now consider yourself a Monza fan as that's where the Zerbinator plays? 
Short answer. <laughs> no, because okay. Derbin is still a Napoli player. So okay. if, yeah, if Monza actually bought Derbin, then yes, I would consider it because everyone the would consider with... it. I don't know what's in Monza in the show. I have no clue. <laughs> I have no car, idea. The car but, factory. Yeah. Um, yes. Monza fans enjoyed Serbin while you can, but it's going to come back. Indeed. I'm sure we've got a huge spike in listenership now because of all the, the Zerbin loving Monza fans. <laughs> but Mark has a serious question. Um, do you think um, Higor and a oh, fucking Gond, you know, the porky boy, is he the most hated man in Napoli's history? Oh, that's, a, oh, that's an interesting question. You have to answer these questions quickly. You think about them too much, you know, it's, it's, it's gone. Okay, but no, okay, but let me elaborate a little bit about why it's hard for me to answer that. Because there is, like, I can only answer, like, hate is such a, like, a passionate, irrational thing that yeah. you cannot really, like, it's hard for me to hate someone just because someone tells me to hate that person. Uh, case in point, Altafini, for example. Altafini is one of the most hated uh, players in the history of Napoli, and but it was from the fifties, something like that. I don't even like yeah, fifties and the early sixties. Yeah, because yeah, he exactly. he went to Juve, right? He went to Juve, and he was a Napoli legend, and uh, he's quite famous. He's quite famously named and called uh, Corengrato. Corengrato in Napolitan means uh, ungrateful heart. So he's called ungrateful heart in Napoli, Altafini, to this day because of his move from Napoli to Juve. Having said that, I had never seen Altafini play, right? So, yeah, I mean, I see Altafini. I know that I have to hate him. I guess I do, but I don't really have any personal hatred towards Altafini. Uh, Iguain is something different because I lived through it. Yeah. I, For me, so the question, if the question is, personally speaking, for me, Michele, is Iguain the most hated player? In the recent history, let's say, or in my personal history, I would say yes, hundred uh, percent. Uh, it left me with, I think, unhealable scars. Yes. So, yes. Which which we've covered quite well on the show. And the only Napoli fan that I know who will defend him is De Mo Salat. Hey Mo, hope you're all right. Uh, and that's you're right in this world to defend who you like. Um, okay, Craig from Glasgow Napoli. Hey Craig. Uh, who's your favorite player of the post Maradona era? Another interesting question. The post Maradona era. So, uh, post Maradona era is from the nine, from the ninety. I would say nineteen ninety two, something like that. And I was born in nineteen ninety two. So I could say that it's hard for me to remember teams before two thousand and five, because we were really bad, and I was very young. So it w- they were rather unremarkable teams. And I, I can was... testify to that. Apart from the the Lippi season, yes. So it's like I remember a few of them, like Stellone, Schwab, but it's it's really hard for me to uh, actually r- remember those players. So I remember players from I would say 2006 onwards, and uh, yeah, the my. It's uh, that's that's such a hard question. Don't think me about because... it too much. Don't think no, about but, it too much. Okay, no. So uh, because I don't want to give a lame answer, which is no one. But the thing is that it's true. It's no one. It's uh, it, it solo it's la Malia. So exactly solo la Malia, especially especially after the Higuain fiasco, the Higuain deal. For me, it's very hard to get attached to players 
on a on a personal level. So I can tell you, I, I guess this question can be interpreted in two ways, like on the pitch and off the pitch. I think off the pitch, my favorite player is Mertens. Yeah. Because Mertens is just unbelievable when it comes to attachment to the city. It's just, it's crazy to me. Like this guy still owns, and I drove past it yesterday. This guy still owns a, a house in Napoli. And mm. uh, it's just crazy. It's, it's just like he loves Napoli so much. Like his son is named Chiro, right? So like... Well, the father and son named Chiro. Exactly. So yeah, uh, on the pitch, it's hard for me to answer. My favorite role, I've said this many times, is Regista. And we didn't, we haven't had many Regista in Napoli. Go on, say his name. I know you get it. Go on, just say it, Michele. I mean, currently it's Lobotka, but it's hard for me to say... Forever Lobotka, maybe. Who knows? It's, it's, yeah, it's hard for me. It's hard because... Jorginho? Jorginho, but it was a little bit of a typical regista. And before Jorginho, we played without a regista, to be honest. Because, yeah, with Mazzari, it was a 3-5-2. Can't really call Inla uh, a regista. Yeah, really. exactly. So Okay, well, we'll, we'll get a take. I'm going to take Chiro Mersens as the answer. What about, what about yours, though? My favorite, well, my favorite um, is Daniel Fonseca. All right. And he was the guy, when I first started watching Napoli, I, I was a kid and I genuinely thought, he scored five goals against Valencia in the UEFA Cup. And I got a VHS or something. My old P teacher used to show us European football highlights. He was an interesting man. Um, and uh, I think he just couldn't be bothered to teach class. So he would literally, like, for PE, some, sometimes he'd bring a, a TV with a VHS player and we'd just watch European football highlights for about 20 minutes and he would just talk to us. He'd be like, this is good, this is good. And then we'd spend, like, 10 minutes running around. What a great class. Absolute legends. And I remember I just was interested in Napoli because of Maradona and the World Cup and my dad, blah, blah, blah. I've told this story a million times. But I remember watching these these highlights of the UEFA Cup and seeing Fonseca score five goals. And the idea of a player scoring five goals to me was just like this insane impossibility. Um, and so I had this very distorted view of Daniel Fonseca's abilities for, for several years to the point where I, I used to say he was the best player in the world. I'd always try to pretend to be him on the pitch. <laughs> uh, and he was quite good. Uruguayan um, looked a bit like a beaver. Um Caused the dispute between Cagliari and Napoli as um, Napoli talks got a really good video on YouTube about this. So yeah, that's that's who I would say. Um, nice, nice answer. Okay, we get this is quite good. I'm quite quite enjoying this episode. Um, Craig's got another question, but don't be greedy, Craig. Uh, we'll cover that the next time we do it, which is about when we're in Serie C. But let's let's think about that <laughs> another time. Um, okay, back to X or Twitter as it's known. Uh, Paul Davis, who's at S734LTH, why are so many promising transfer deals falling through at the last hurdle? Is it just ADL trying to appease the fans, but without any genuine interest in completing the deal in the first place? Um, and then he's got quite a specific question about how many match tickets can be purchased on a single Fidelity card. Um, so there you go. Can you give your insights to Paul? We've covered a bit in the past about how ADL really doesn't seem to care about the fans and you don't think that his behaviour in the Mercato really has anything to do with the fans. Um, is that the angle you're going to come at with, with Paul's question? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So first question, uh, first answer very quickly about the fan card. 
only one ticket per fan card. That's it. Okay. Whatever you read that doesn't say that is wrong. It's wrong. Just one ticket, one fan card. Um, about the market, uh, it's a very complicated. It's a very complicated uh, position we're in right now, because we are out of top four. As I said, we don't have the luxury of having a rich owner, so we rely on Champions League money a lot, especially next season's Champions League money, because the Champions League is going to change their format. And that means a lot more money because we are gonna play more games in Champions League if you qualify. If we, if we we qualify, uh, so yes, we need the, we need that money. And right now we are missing out because we are. I don't even know. Like I don't watch the table. I haven't watched the table in like a long time. I can't be so, like it's, it's it's just too painful. I think we're ninth, maybe eighth. Ah, jeez. Okay, whatever. Um, so the position the, the position is a little bit difficult because we need to do something. Because it's number one priority, and the Atlantis has always said that you know, like, like he doesn't ask for a scudetto if it happens, good. But Napoli's number one goal every season is top four, Champions League, because we rely on that money. We rely if we don't qualify in Champions League, it's very bad in terms of money and in terms of you know club's image, which also then reflects on money and revenue. So yeah, we absolutely need that. And uh, De Laurentiis has finally, you know, like he's on, uh, I would say a little bit of panic mode because he knows he has to do something. The thing is, he didn't really hire a sporting director because Meluso is not a sporting director, let's be honest. I mean, he is, but, you know, you know, like I've, I've recently learned that uh, it is mandatory I guess people knew that. I didn't know that. It is mandatory for Serie A clubs to have a sporting director. Ah. So if you if you don't like, you can compete in Serie A unless in your organizational chart you have a sporting director. So that to me, when I learned that, that explained so much about Meluso's appointment. Because I can't I think remember it... his name. I was on another podcast. They were asking me about why 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 Napoli um were having such a bad season, and I was talking about the uh, sporting director, and then I couldn't remember his name. Which one is my fault, but two is also the ADL's fault for hiring. It's just someone who's, you know. Yeah, look, you're a plastic, but exactly. I'm inclined to forgive you on that one. Wow. Because, yeah, it's so just, many hot uh, takes this episode, Mikael. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Meluso, come on. It's just, it's just an embarrassment. And uh, So you reckon it's, it's down to him? I kind of agree, actually. Yeah, no, it's, it's down to the fact that we needed a sporting director to... To compete in Serie A, it was mandatory, so he just found the first one. It's kind of like a Mazzari appointment for yeah. sporting directors, just like the first available guy come here. Uh, yeah, you're our sporting director now. It is He's quite it's very well known that Micheli, which is uh, our, uh, it's been for many years our uh, head scout, is now acting as a sporting director for Napoli. Uh, Again, it's like he's never been a sporting director, so now it's quite hard to do a proper market uh, in panic mode. Yeah. It's even more complicated because we know that Mazzari will leave in literally just four months. So it, how do you spend money? So we have the good. The good thing is that we have money. We have yep. some money to spend. As we talked about earlier, yeah. Yeah, but the question is, do we spend it? And if yes, how? Because it is quite risky to spend a lot of money on players that maybe our next manager won't like. Or spend a lot of money, if we're out of the top four, getting back into the top four next season. Yeah, have like a bumper Mercato 
in the summer. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I I I appreciate the fact that the Lions is, is at least trying to do something. I struggle to see the vision here. Maybe there is no vision. Uh, it is quite infuriating again that we have been in panic mode for quite a while now because we've been uh, performing very badly for many months, and we are we basically signed most of our uh, you know uh, signings uh, for this transfer market just in the last week of January, mm. and that's quite infuriating to me because uh, I think if you really if you know that you need to sign players to get back to top four, you try to do that in the first weeks of January. So you give them to your manager. He has time to train them. There's a lot he of has... games in January too. Like we could have done with some more players against Lazio. As you said, like we had a lot of people missing. And, yeah. you know, we signed um, Torore, who's not fit. Like why are we signing a player that's half fit anyway? Um, yeah. Okay, great. Nice. Okay. I think we've got one more and then we'll we'll... We'll we'll give this a. I've enjoyed this actually. So um, Raphael, who's one of um, four Napoli fans that have decided to become the teenage mutant hero turtles on their um, on their profile pics, and uh, we get asked this uh, at first underscore half underscore draw is Raphael's um, handle. Best place to get a beer before a Napoli home match. Now let's just remind our listeners that. Michele, not only do you really not really like soft drinks, is that you don't you don't drink either. You don't really like the taste of alcohol. So yeah. you're a terrible person to ask. Whereas yeah. I might have a better answer than you. But what what would you say? Okay, fair enough. So I would say so. I get I get asked this question a lot by a lot of people. I think especially uh, British fans who come to Napoli because I think the we like we, a drink. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the culture in 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 the UK is to have drinks before games right it's quite prevalent and so i get asked this question a lot not just by british people but yeah, mostly by them and the so first of all the, the the first answer is that we don't really have that we don't really have a pre-match drinks tradition in napoli that doesn't mean that people don't spontaneously gather and drink something before going inside the stadium but it's not as prevalent as it is in the uk for instance that where it it's actually a tradition. I don't know many people who go to the stadium and uh, they have a few drinks and then get in. The, I, I know some, but it's, again, it's quite random. You know, it's not something that people usually do uh, for many reasons. Uh, one of the reasons is that, for example, in Curva, they, there are no reserved seats. So the longer you stay outside the stadium, the worse your seat will be. So as soon as you get to the that. stadium... Right, so as soon as you get to the stadium area, you go right in because you yeah. want to you want to make sure that your seats are decent. Having uh, said that, though, yes, I would said say that. Yes, you answered the second part. Then the the place where I felt most like that that sort of slightly British tradition of gathering together with fellow fans, having a beer, talking about the game ahead, is the the bar where you meet people to give them tickets. What's that bar called? Kalishi E. It's actually a wine, like a wine bar. The guy working inside there is a sommelier, like a certified sommelier. But they do have beers now. They they are very nice. I know them. They are very nice people. It's great, and you can sit outside and you can see the stadium, which is nice. And yes. so obviously, like last season, that was great because you saw all the fans gathering. But even when things aren't going well, I think it's nice to be in the shadow of Maradona, um, you know, and have have a beer. And there's usually people there that are picking up other tickets from Michele or 
or who have just popped in because it's it's right near the stadium. So yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah, uh, Raphael. There so are... if you are going to Naples, just drop me a DM. I can send you the name of the place. Yes, there are a few other spots like on the other side of the stadium. So the spots you mentioned, the spot you mentioned is in in the, on the Curva A side. So Distinti Curva A side. Uh, that's where where we met. On the other side of the stadium, so the Curva B side, there are a few places, not a lot, but a few places. One of the most popular is, uh, I think it's called Gazebo. Uh, I think, I don't want to be wrong on that one, but I think, yeah, that's that's it. And uh, it's right in front of Curva B. And that's where Curva B people meet. Again, it's not a tradition, but a lot of people meet there. Okay. And uh, most people, I would say most people, when they get to the stadium, they start queuing. You either are in Curva, and in Curva, there are a lot of, again, it's a reserved seating. So you want mm. to make sure to get in early. Uh, distinti, you have reserved seating, but the queues are massive. So you still oh, want to get yeah. there and queue like as early as possible. And then the Tribuna people, they can afford to get there quite late because there are no queues and reserved and everything. And they do get what they go there, especially because they can afford to go late to the stadium. So they don't go early and get drinks. They go late. So there's two bits of advice here. One, somewhere near the stadium, so and have a bit of an idea of which side you're going into. And two, get there early. So if you're going to have a beer before the match, have it really before the match. Um, yeah, yeah. Last season was, again, a little bit different because a lot of people wanted to go in, outside the stadium just to celebrate and stuff. And the, outside the stadium, there were a lot of people who didn't even have game tickets. They I just was so to good, go man. There. It was yeah, so exactly. much. That outside the stadium was like... And we talked about this before, but because the the actual events for the last game was a bit of a mess. But those moments before were, I lit my first ever flare. Anyway, okay. okay. Uh, and Presidente Raffaele Rispo, ciao Raffa, has posted a picture with a, next to the glorious picture that you sent me in private that I posted of uh, the shadow of Vesuvio. And Rafa says, thoughts, yeah, I'm jealous. And he's holding a mug that says, F this S, I'm moving to Naples. <laughs> That's a great mug. I want one. Okay, so let's wrap us up. I've really enjoyed that. It's good. Do send us stuff. Like, we will answer your questions if you send them to us. Um, what's the Neapolitan expression of the week, Michele? The Neapolitan expression of the week is connected to the our uh, transfer market strategy, especially now in January. And it's, uh, you know, as I said, I'm quite pleased with it in a way. Look, I, I'm pleased with the, let's say, with the overall goal, which is let's try to do something. I know that it's a very low bar to have, <laughs> but that's fine. That's okay. I, because I didn't really expect it. We, we, we support a team which had Gracie and Regini generally markets. So, you know, it's, uh, I appreciate the fact that they are trying to do something. We'll see if they will actually be able to achieve anything at all. But yes, the phrase of the week is linked to that, and it is Osparagna non è mai guaragna. And again, it's one of those phrases which is quite known. I think you, probably every language has a similar phrase. Again, Osparagna non è mai guaragna. In Italian, it would be Il risparmio non è mai guadagno. And in English, it's just Saving is never a profit okay. uh you could yeah it's hard to translate oh, no i, I get the like, understanding so you, you'll never yeah yeah 
you'll never profit from saving yeah but yeah this is like sparano is like financial savings okay so it's like yeah so the idea behind this phrase is that uh if you try to save some money usually in the long term it doesn't really go well you can use that for example if you are in doubt about buying for example let's say like some devices electronic devices or like shoes no especially yeah. with like clothing it applies a lot so like if you're in doubt between buying like a five euros, five pounds shirt, t-shirt, or like a 40, 30, usually maybe some people make the mistake of buying the five euro shirt because they want to save money. But in the long run, in the long term, the 30 euros shirt will last maybe like 10 years and the five euro shirt will, you will throw away after like six months. It's what Karl Marx would call a false economy. Exactly. Exactly. I was just about to say that. So yeah. that applies to that could I think it applies very well to our transfer market and fortunately De La Rentis has also uh, also agrees so uh, he didn't like he was I think De La Rentis he has many faults but one of one of his to his credit he learns from his mistakes sometimes he learns and makes other mistakes but but it's <laughs> but it, but it's still you know again it's nice that he makes some mistakes and he usually doesn't repeat it. So when we had that transfer market with, if famously, you know, transfer market with Gracia Regini, and we were first, and there was a very famous sentence phrased by De Laurenti saying, we are first, there is nothing to fix here. Okay. And he saved a lot of money. And as everyone knows, we ended up losing that league, that Serie A. We didn't win a Scudetto that year. And, uh, that's mostly also, I think, because De Laurentiis refused to buy players. We had a lot of money that year. We could also argue the... that the Sari near miss was because we didn't invest in January. That's yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Exactly, got... exactly. Yeah, so we needed, we had a lot of, like, Sari never had a complete team. And we, you we gained nothing from needs. saving. You gained yeah. nothing from saving. That's how I, that's what we're going to call this episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that, that also speaks quite nicely to you know phil's question as well that we were kind of talking about as well so well there we go just goes to show that you know we we have each other listeners so we i was worried like how the hell are we going to talk about the most boring and athlete match i've ever seen and instead had a lovely chat about we all just didn't of... yeah <laughs> yeah yeah great okay um fantastic all right then so you can all find michele on twitter at michele gnt or at napoli tickets you can find me at Henry Bell Calcio. Um, this is part of the Far From Vesuvius network, at Far From Vesuvius. And we are at Shadow of Vesuvio. There you go. Follow us all. Um, and let's hope, right, Michele, we get maybe uh, three shots on target against Verona. What do you reckon? I would be happy with two. Okay. I would be happy with two. That, would be, that would be very nice. Marvellous. All right, then. Well, take care, everybody. And in the meantime, Forza Napoli. Same. Prêt.